You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OKSIS podcast. My name is Mads. My name is Scoutala. I am Mads' older sister, the mother to Lily Constantine. And um, that's about it these days. That is about it. Yeah, that's as, that's as far as the identity goes these days. Yeah, you know, the identity goes other places, but it's just hard to fit all the identities in these days. I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we started this podcast and we're like, we're multi-hyphenates. And I'm like, I can't read anymore, you know? So you, you can't trying re- to, trying to fit it all in. <laughs> Let's re- rewind. You can't read anymore? Like I can't, I, like I don't have time to read before bed anymore at this oh, point in the life, okay. obviously. So it's like, I it's just hard to fit it all in. So I'm like, let me, let me just like reduce the identities, right? Lily Constantine's mother's identity, number one. Honestly, I'm sorry, being your sister has been bumped down a little bit at this point in my lifetime. And like running Scouts Agency and being a good wife, like those three are my current main, main identities. And then Madela, then there's Madela, which, you know what, can I just tell you, I look at Lily and like, I see you. Like, I just 
sometimes I hold her and I'm like, are you a little Madela? Are you a little Madela? She looks more like me than she does like you or Adam. And I'll take it. Honestly, she is my baby as well. I was with a friend <laughs> this morning and we were, we were exchanging newborns in our life, you know, <laughs> classic aunt behavior like oh my god you want to see a photo of my 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 uh, niece and so she was like yeah your baby is so cute and I was like well it's my sister actually no it's mine like it's my baby yeah my baby is yeah, so cute that tracks yeah <laughs> that, that tracks. tracks that tracks anyways sisters welcome back to the podcast okay sis as where Mads and myself two actual sisters IRL chat catch up about personal development mental health entrepreneurship, lifestyle, pop culture, all of the things. And we just want to thank you. We know there are millions of podcasts out there that you can choose to listen to, but the fact that you spend your time with us is really special to us. And we are always grateful every single day for that. Thank you so much. And I hope that you feel fulfilled and enlightened after this episode. We have been on a mentee health kick, if you would, if you will. If you would. Yeah. Menti health. Don't know if that's going to, you know, like catch on. I tried a thing. I tried it. I tried it. I wouldn't even call it mental health. I would say that we're on a lifelong commitment and radical dedication to making sure that our lives are the most fulfilled, beautiful, impactful, expansive and, you know, all of the things for ourselves. We're trying to live our best lives. Yeah, I can get on that bandwagon. It is like a little, it's freeing, but also intimidating to know that this type of work is just doesn't end. Like, it's not like you just like <laughs> arrive at a destination where you're never going to have to do any other self-improvement or self-development. But honestly, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think there's something. It gets easier though. It gets easier to manage and maneuver and react to challenges and struggles and things of that nature. But yeah, the actual struggles and the self-improvement is constant. Yeah. You know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. That's what I always say. So aye, aye, aye. we should put that on a bumper sticker, Scout. Dude, where do bumper stickers go? No one says that anymore. People are like, put it on merch. You know what I mean? <laughs> put it on a, remember we were going to make hats that said vagina sweat. You know what? I actually think that's a good fucking idea. And I think that we'd be famous by now if we made merch that said vagina sweat, because I think all of the gyms would have picked it up. All of the yoga studios, you know, the Peloton people might have been wearing it. And I think that it would have put us on the map in ways that we wouldn't have been able to comprehend. But we did not move forward with that idea. Yeah. It would have been like the pussy hats, like the pussy beanies, which those yeah. took off. Like we could we could do it. Those took off. You know what? Maybe we should go to the drawing board. DM us, sisters at Okase's podcast, if you want the vagina sweat hats. Literally crickets. Well, we're not on our fucking DMs right now. We don't know that. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. I want to deliver a gospel to you. I would like to deliver a mantra, a gospel, a new, a newfound phenomenon for you to consider into your okay. life. Are you okay with this? Yeah, I'm preparing. I feel like my life's about to change. It probably is. You know, it's nothing new. It's just packaged in a different way. You know what I mean? We like, we like a new packaging. You know what we do? Okay, give it to me. There is a phenomenon that is taking the tick talk on by storm. It is called lucky girl syndrome. Now, what this means is that you embody the mindset and the lifestyle of someone who just has 
so much luck. That is just an inherently lucky person. Good things happen to them. They get everything they want. They're just like, you know what? Like whenever I think I want or I want, I dream up something, I want it. It just comes to me. Like I'm just the luckiest person. Everything works out. And there is this new movement on TikTok of girlies claiming that they are lucky girls. And you know when a repackaging just sticks to you and you completely, you're, you're in on the movement? That is what happened to me. I saw one TikTok of this and I said, fuck yes. This is my 2023 mantra. Every day I'm just gonna wake up and say, I'm so lucky. I'm the luckiest girl. Everything just works out. Everything just comes to me. And I posted that TikTok, you know, claiming my newfound identity went completely viral. Posted another one, went completely viral. We also had, a when, when I adopted this new philosophy, our podcast episodes randomly just went up 300%. We still have no idea where that came from, <laughs> but I am going to attribute it to the lucky girl syndrome. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I think that is such a great frame. Yeah. So sister, if you're listening, honestly, I am living proof that this mindset works. Also just what do you have to lose? Like, it's just such a fun, optimistic way of looking at things. Just try it out. Why don't you just try it out? Be aware, be aware of what happens to you that day. Come back at the, in the night, reflect. Did you like, did someone buy you a coffee? Did, did you get that email from that person that you read? Just things, just think of things that are coming to you because of your pool of luck that in this luck magnetism that you have, you know what I mean? Because you got that. There's such an approachable first step into manifestation, I feel like, and like embodying all of that. It, it's it's like a TikTok trend versus a spiritual woo thing that people have difficulty going. So anything that cuts the resistance, I'm down for. I, that's, I'm so glad that you explained this because we are in a group chat with Alyssa who runs our social and you were talking about lucky girl syndrome and I obviously like tuned out because you said it was a TikTok trend. So I was like, this isn't my space, but I'm grateful that you explained it because that is, that's such a good fucking way. And like syndrome is so great because it's like, oh, like I can't change it. It's just is what it is. You know what I mean? That's a great. <laughs> it's like a disease. Like, sorry. Yeah. It's like a disease. Like, sorry. Incurable lucky girl syndrome. You have been diagnosed with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. You know what? This is great. For the next week, let's come back and um, let's come back and assess. I am going to diagnose myself with lucky girl syndrome yes. for the next week. Every single morning, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, I have lucky girl syndrome. Like, sorry. It's just amazing. Life's just amazing. Like, sorry about it. And let's see what happens to me next week because one, the lucky girl syndrome, and I think like our intention setting at the end of the year for okay, sis, uh, we got living proof that this is working. So I'm hopping on and um, we'll check in next week. Amazing. Scout, I love when you hop on TikTok trends with me. It makes you, you know, feel hip. It makes you like feel, feel part of the zeitgeist. And I'm, I like that you're along the ride with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's get into the episode. We thought we would just continue on with the, the again, self-development theme we got going on here. And we want to talk about fear and how you can move through fear, how you can navigate fear, what your response to fear could look like. And really inspire you if there is fear that is blocking you or or making you play small in certain areas of your life, 
tune into this, press play. You already have press play because you're listening <laughs> and I'm talking to your earbuds. So you're already past the fear. This is one step towards walking through the motherfucking fire. Yeah, and I feel as if it's, you know, the the new year habits, the new year goal setting, the new year vision, the new year vision boarding, all of that good stuff. And I really do think that the hardest part, and I think Maddie would agree with me, is just getting started. Whether it's applying for a master's program or a PhD program in something that you love, or if it's taking a pivot in your career, or if it's starting a business or a YouTube channel, it doesn't necessarily even need to be entrepreneurial. It just needs to be a goal or a dream that you've had that you want to execute and implement. And yet maybe starting that big dream feels scary. And so that first step, like you're emotionally blocking yourself. You are not embodying the lucky girl syndrome and you are stopping yourself from receiving all of the blessings and miracles that your dreams have. So I thought we could go over our relationship to this, to having an idea and starting. But the first thing I do want to say, and I want to kind of settle into this energy and invite you sisters into this, that if you have a desire or if you have a dream, what if you reframe that as God gave you that dream and desire because you are meant to play that out in this lifetime? What if your desires were literally future visions that were inevitably made for you? So for me, the first step is when I think of a dream or a desire or something that I want to do, I remove the like, can I pull that off? Will that be good for me? Am I supposed to have that? Am I worthy of that, etc.? And I go back to the belief that if a desire is planted inside of my mind and my heart and my soul, it's because I am made to receive that and to play that out in this lifetime. Yeah, that, I just saw a quote that was similar to that. Liz Tran from Reset, the podcast that I love, she posted something that said, if you desire it, you wouldn't desire it if you didn't think you could actually achieve it, which I, I, I just have never thought of it that way. Like, that's so true. Mm -hmm. You know, you desire something and you're just like, okay, well, that's so far away from me. I'll just, you know, whatever. That's not, that's a pipe dream, right? That's not something that's realistic. But something that's really beautiful is if you're, there is a yearning for it, if there is a desire for it, no matter how big it feels, there's a reason that you are desiring it. Like, you wouldn't be desiring if you didn't subconsciously think that there was a reality where you achieve it. Yep. Trust your desires. So we're starting that off right now, this episode, talking about this information. Trust your desires. So Mads, talk to us a little bit about starting OKSIS podcast, because I think that was the first step for you in really pushing past that fear. I, if you've been listening to OKSIS for a really long time, have been known to be incredibly not risk averse. I always get confused. You are not risk averse. Not risk averse. You are a risk taker. I'm a risk taker. Yeah. I feel like we need a better word for the risk taker version. I'm a risk taker. And so I, but I also feel as if I stumbled into entrepreneurship when the stakes were really low in my life, AKA college dropout, bipolar, like not going places. So there wasn't like, I didn't have a lot to lose in that sense. And I think that was at my advantage, but I know that starting with something that okay sis really helped you overcome. So talk to us a little bit about that moment for you. Fear played a big part in starting okay sis for me. When you came to me with the idea to do a podcast, I immediately recoiled and I thought, what do I have to say? This is going to be so embarrassing. People are going to make fun of me. 
It's too saturated. I came up with like every limiting belief that you could imaginable, which is probably, you know, sister, if you are coming up with a big decision, you're probably, you probably have a whole list of limiting beliefs that you could just name rattle off right now. And one of the biggest ones that I remember to this day was I had a fear of becoming an influencer. I thought I had a very different connotation of what an influencer was. And I had negative perceptions about that as a career path. I will say now I have completely done a 180 and I think influencer influencing is a completely a legit job and one that is highly lucrative. Um, and one that I am honestly in pursuit of on my personal, on the personal side of, uh, things in my brand and something that you can do that it feels authentic and is not just, you know, showing your outfits or something. There's a whole other realm to it. I digress. I just remember before we started OKSIS podcast, I was like, I don't want to talk, do mirror talking heads on Instagram stories. I don't want to become an influencer. I don't want that. Do you remember? Oh my God. You would, I totally remember this. Like you would, and then you did it once you were like walking and talking to the camera and you texted me and you're like, I did it. I'm cringing. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. I forgot all about that. You were like, I don't want to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown 
eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. So something subconsciously that that tied to me was I remember a friend when I was starting OKSIS podcast, I was like very belittling it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm starting a podcast, like whatever, like brush it off. And this girl was like, oh my God, are you going to become an influencer? And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> like I... We're just going to, you know, talk to women and, and I don't even know. I was playing so small and it was so fucking dumb because I wanted to, I don't even know what I wanted. I didn't care about this girl anyways. So that is something that I really had to push through and really had to push through fear of not sounding smart on the mic or, you know, not having the best quality or, you know, not having the best guests, like all these things that were very fearful about creating a, a new project and a new community and starting. That's, you're gonna, the most fear comes at the start, which is kind of annoying because that's also the time when most people give up, right? Because there is so mm -hmm. much fear that it feels overwhelming and that you feel you can confuse fear with something else. You know, it's not working, I'm not good enough, all of these things, and then you give up. Whereas the beginning is literally, if you just, let it feel like this, the fear is inevitable in the beginning. It's going to be here. That's it. Point blank acceptance that this is going to happen and that your only job is to continue day in and day out to face that fear and move on despite of it. And then I promise you, I, this is a 100% money back guarantee. You could come back to me in a couple months after starting your project and say, Madsen, da, da, da. the fear it is so much easier to cope. The voice in your head quiets. You will find that it is so much easier because what have we been saying this whole time on this podcast? Like repetition and consistency is key. So it's not that the fear is gonna be less exactly, but you are going to be able to combat it at, at such a faster, effective pace 
that it's not going to feel as big. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's so true because I'm sitting here today and I am working on a B2B branch for Scott's agency and it feels really big and therefore it feels really scary to me and I have a lot of fear coming up like should I even do it and da 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 like stopping me from even jumping into the arena and I actually wrote a whole chapter of this on my book The Emotional Entrepreneur The Emotional Entrepreneur <laughs> that fear is the silent killer and whenever now fear comes into my day-to-day, if I'm thinking about a business opportunity or if we're taking the podcast somewhere or if we want to talk about something or whatever, I'm hiring an employee at Scott's agency, if fear comes in, I actually now view that as a sign that I'm on the right path. That means that I am exiting my comfort zone. That means that I'm growing. That means that I am expanding the vision for what my life is now going to be able to physically, emotionally, and spiritually hold. And so now when fear comes into my life, I say, oh, there we go. There's my first sign that I'm on the right path. Perfect. Love it. It's uncomfortable, but at least it's like this encouraging sign now that I'm about to do something so big. And why are we put here on earth if not to play a big game, right? And that means something different for everybody. But when fear comes now, it's like my friend that is knocking that's like, oh, you're exiting your comfort zone. You're about to grow and up level. And that's when I know, okay, I have to feel this fear, but it is such a beautiful first indication that I am about to step into something. And then it's like, I have to do it. Like it, it's fear is no longer for me a reason to not do something. If fear is the only thing holding me back, I force myself to do it no matter what. Like it's just not an excuse for me at this point to not get going. Fear needs a rebrand. Fear needs a rebrand, just like lucky girl syndrome. Yeah. Fear needs a rebrand. We need to figure this out because fear is classified as some sort of negative and challenging emotion. Whereas we need to rebrand it as a positive comforting emotion. It is something that is guiding you. It is a goalpost. You know how in life there are no, like we always are like, it's so uncertain. There's no, you know, rubric or formula. Fear is your formula. Listen <laughs> to yeah. it. You know, it's like, it's literally life's embodiment of a rubric of a formula that you can listen to and use. So anytime you feel fear and catch yourself in that moment, instead of being like recoil, go back to comfort zone, retreat, lean in, you know, Sheryl Sandberg once said, lean in. (laughs) And so we're going to lean into fear. Honestly, I think about this all the time. I, I also have rebranded fear in my life and Whenever I'm full of fear, but continuing to persevere regardless, that's actually my comfort zone now. Like that actually feels Mm -hmm. more like progress, more like growth. And then if you notice that what's on the other end of it, if you just take stock and take inventory of what happens when you get onto the other side of fear, it's like you want fear to keep coming. You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, oh wait, gosh. because when I get over it, there's like such beauty and growth and amazingness on the other side. So it's like, I welcome fear, bitch. Come get me. It's so fucking true. I was driving yesterday feeling a little bit overwhelmed with my life because obviously I'm trying to figure out the dynamic between, I don't want to say the balance. I will say the juggle of entrepreneurship and motherhood. And I was driving and I was like, God fucking damn it, Scout. Why are you never okay just being comfortable? Like, why are you always in a position 
where you're afraid, where you don't, you're walking into uncertainty, where you're growing, where you feel uncomfortable, where da 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 da. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm always uncomfortable because I have literally dedicated myself and my life to the big game. Like, end of story. There is no day in my life where the big game is not my goal. And there's no point in my life where I will let a second go by where being in my comfort zone and just staying where I'm at is acceptable for me because I want to grow and I want to experience and achieve and create and live and all the things. So I think that what you just said is kind of like what what I've been realizing too is that I am on that growth path and that growth path means being uncomfortable more than being comfortable. So if we can just rebrand that fear and that uncomfortableness as a huge part of the journey and as part of the thing that reaps the rewards, then when it visits you in these higher doses because your threshold just gets higher and higher, you can just be proud of yourself for living this way. Like you can just be proud of yourself for choosing this over your comfort zone. Yeah. Jay Shetty, which, um, you know, take a shot every time Mad says Jay Shetty on Okay Says Podcast. <laughs> so Jay Shetty just had a part, an episode about comfort zone and discomfort. And oh. yeah, so this is all, you know, we're really on parallel topics with Jay. So that episode was really profound. And in it, he just breaks down that you just take a survey of your life and just think of the the spaces where you are really, really comfortable. And you have to get real honest with yourself. You only know what that is. And you, and you know, you know what it is, right? There's a little nagging that you might quiet down from time to time, but you know exactly what that is. And just take a look at that space in your life and just create one action item or one thing you can do to step outside of that and get get fear to kind of seep in a little bit, get that discomfort to seep in. And I'm not trying to say that you're going to be, there's always like you're perpetually uncomfortable. I mean, maybe it's like 80, 20, right? It's like, it's like a good balance, but there are moments where- Wait, is the 80 uncomfortable and the 20 comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the comfort does- facilitate the discomfort, right? You need to rest in order to maneuver through discomfort at all times. So there are moments where your comfort zone is needed to support that discomfort. So it's not that you're going to be in this perpetual discomfort, but it is leaning more into it and and more of the majority of your time. I also want to say another creator man on the internet that I love so dearly, Sahil Bloom, he had like an end of year reflection questions. And I did those for myself. And one of them was, what did I not do this year because of fear? And, you know, I really thought about it and I was like, there definitely was fear. I'm not trying to say there was not fear. There was fear everywhere, every single step of the way of my 2022. But I proudly can say that I did everything despite it. Like I, I, every single fearful situation, raising money, transitioning to a C-Corp, going full-time on Camber, putting myself out there on TikTok, creating community events, like all these things that had fear associated with them. I never was like, "Mm, not going to do that. I'm going to stay small and stay in my comfort zone. I persevered and I pushed through. So I feel like I'm on autopilot almost with fear. Like I listen to it, but I don't give in to it. Oh, that's such a good question. And I was 
asking myself it as you were speaking and one that's like the fucking best to get to the end of the year and be like, yeah, I felt fear, but I did it anyways. That's, that's what we're all striving for, especially in the context of this episode. And I'm thinking about what did I not do because of fear? And there's something that's coming to mind that I'm having difficulty grasping. And I would love your opinion on this. I was supposed to launch a huge branch of my um, emotional entrepreneur brand. I don't say what it is because I didn't announce it, but I paid a lot of money to get it done. I was like pretty close to launching and there was the reality of being pregnant and running Scouts Agency that just limited me. And so I had to get really clear on where my energy was going last year. And so that was the thing that needed to get cut because my agency is a lot more lucrative and you know financially successful and I have responsibilities with my team, et cetera, and big goals there. But now, and I'm still, I think, under the guise of I don't have time to do it, et cetera. But I'm wondering how much of that I don't have time to do it is fear that I'm going to put so much into it and my other businesses won't get enough attention or it'll distract me. Like, is am I really making that a smart decision or is fear running the show here? And I think it's both and I just want to keep a tab on it because I come back to it often and I wish that I could launch it and I come up with these reasons as to why I can't. And I think in the beginning, those reasons were valid as far as my capacity. And I think it's a good thing. Like I didn't want to burn out, you know, I can't do everything at this all at once, but just a little check-in with myself. At one point, are the excuses valid or are they feared? Do you know what I'm saying? Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. 
Yeah. Well, so Sahil Bloom's answer to this question, which I thought was was interesting. It wasn't that it was a project that he didn't start because like he didn't start a project because of fear. He said, basically, I should have stopped my podcast sooner that I did. So he was he had a podcast and he said that it went on longer than it should have because of his fear of looking like a failure if he quit. So that was an Mm. interesting spin because it was like he didn't quit something and knew when to stop because of fear. Whereas like when I Mm. read the question, it was like, what did I not start? What would I not do without fear? Whereas with, with this situation you're saying, it's like, I don't know if that was fear. I think that was knowing, yeah, your capacity or knowing that it wasn't the right time or I don't think it was, it was the excuses for that, if, if that makes sense. But I think Mm -hmm. it could also be walking away from something like you might be fearful of. Yeah, you might be fearful of completely letting that go because then it doesn't mean that you have those opportunities. Right. So it's it could be switched another way. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That is so good. Yeah, we're we're getting meta. We're getting meta like the fear of because you usually do all these things that maybe you're fearful of the lack of not doing it wait (laughs) now I'm confused no no it's true no 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 it's true like I'm afraid to let it go so I continuously like check in and I'm like I'll start working on it for like 10 minutes just to look at it and figure it out and I think that I mean it's hard to talk about it without telling you the project but the project is something that I've wanted to do my whole life it's so me. It's been a goal of mine forever. And I think sometimes in my life, I, I'm trying not to speak in code here, but this is really, really coming up for me right now. So I'd like to, to go into it for a second here. Um, you know, I didn't think that I was going to be a businesswoman. I didn't think that I was going to be in love with building businesses and having teams and growing revenue and creating systems and and more of that masculine thing. I thought that I was going to be so much more purely creative with my life, like so much more purely creative. And sometimes I struggle with that identity part of myself because being an entrepreneur has brought me my purpose, has put me back on my feet, has created a life for me that is so beautiful and that I get so excited by. Like I was, I was shocked how excited I got by business and how excited I get every single day by business. And this other facet of the emotional entrepreneur feels like it's more my personality in front of people and my like dream for my whole life. And so I feel like I'm neglecting that part of myself if I don't launch it. And I think I need to be okay with the fact that that part exists in me and maybe it doesn't need to be my business right now. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's the thing I do in my 40s. And so I'm struggling with a little impatience. I'm struggling with a little bit of like, wait a minute, where did where did that girl go who had that creative dream when she was in her early 20s and carefree? And not saying that my entrepreneurial self isn't like one, it's one of the best parts of me. I love it so much. I can't live without it. It's It's my favorite. But this project, I think, symbolizes 20-year-old me, and I just don't know if I can let, I don't know if I can let her go. So there's a fear. There's There's like a a fear that if I don't do this, 
she's going to be gone. Turning my turning my back on part of myself that needs room to breathe, but just struggling with like how do I fit it all in to my wonderful 24 hours a day. <laughs> I so I don't know if this is fear. I think this is just something you need to pause and have like an inner trust that you're going to get to it at a later date or there's something there's you know this just might not be the exact time it's more of a larger vision thing than a oh am I operating from fear because I haven't started this yet I think it's more of a hey this is a capacity issue and this is also a phase or season of my life thing where right now I'm in the season of my life where I'm really tapping into the more masculine and later there will be space and I will make space for, for that at a later date. Yeah. Sorry, sisters. I'm clearly going through an issue of like capacity. Identity. We're really, we're going through an identity crisis over here. So many, everything well, is. I, I, I think, I think that like, I'm never like tying it back to fear. I've always been the person who like doesn't think and just acts right? Like all the time. Like that's how I've started all of my businesses. That's my number one tip for people who are afraid to start something. I'm like, think less, like just stop thinking, just stop thinking and just do, you know, just like put more emphasis on the execution and, and you'll, you'll find yourself in a position where your, where your dreams are coming through and you're moving through fear regardless, like just don't think. And now I'm at a point in my life where I, have serious things to think about. Like I have to think about things before I execute and that's different for me and that's out of my comfort zone because I have responsibilities and beautiful things that I'm cultivating and I'm blessed that I have all this. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think let's let's distill this episode into some 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 walk away teachings for the sisterhood for you dear listener. <laughs> okay. Number 1. What was what was number 1? Number one is trust your desires. Yes, there we go. Sorry, sorry. Number one was trust your desires. If something is coming up and no matter fear is attached to it or not, if there is something that you desire, just really trust that that is the path for you, that that is something that you are meant to achieve and do in your life. And then number two is Sheryl Sandberg, lean into fear. Lean into it, use it as a goalpost, use it as a guiding, guiding light. Number three is transform fear into your comfort zone. So become so obsessed with it. Like, oh yeah, rebrand it, right? So just reframe it in your brain and rebrand fear as like something that's your best friend, something that's fun, something that's exciting. When you notice it, be like, oh my God, hey, what's up? So thank you so much for visiting me again. And, And then go back to number two, rinse and repeat, lean in. So yeah. I think that I think that's a good a little guide sheet. That's going to be a nice little Instagram graphic. And I, the only thing I would say is in the <laughs> lean in phase, the way to lean. What I'm just thinking, you know, content. Uh, I'm thinking uh, a way. If you're like, well, how do I lean into fear? Think less, act more. Yeah. Ooh, fear is your tour guide. Your tour guide to life. Put that on a fucking hat. Put that. On. Here you can buy fear is your tour guide to life and our vagina sweat hat. Which one would you like? I'll enter the okay sis umbrella. I love it. All right. Good Lord. Okay, sisters. This was such a comforting and uplifting episode. I feel great. Scout, I hope you feel great after a little, a little uh, tearjerker moment in there, squeezed in there. But that's okay. We yeah. welcome the tears here. There's no shame in the game. Yeah. And let's... <laughs> <laughs> you There's can no follow. shame 
him in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow us at OK Says Podcast. And good night. Oh, share this. Wait, wait. good night. Good night. They're probably listening <laughs> in the morning. This good is like morning. a morning. I feel like. I feel like we're a morning show. But anyway, sisters, um, if this episode resonated with you, share it with a friend. And we love you. And we'll catch you next week. Love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 